your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 340 of Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. If you download the app and join Lauren myself Thursday after the Canadians game, you can get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Laura, they've been off for a week. The boys are back. The boys are shutting out the Edmonton Oilers, getting their first shutout of the year. Connor McDavid should be in prison. And... Honestly, outside of him trying to launch Kotkaniemi's head to the top of a high-rise building, a flawless game from the Canadians on the return. How are we feeling after a 4-0 shutout on Tuesday night? That was an exciting game in which every single Canadian played well. Uh, even Joel Edmondson skated circles around the Edmonton Oilers. The Canadians scored power play goals. Every single pass seemed to connect. There were a couple of near misses with goals, and in that scenario, it would have been 6-0 to the Montreal Canadiens. That's how close they got. You you know, the people you wanted to score were scoring. The people you expected to score were scoring. Nick Suzuki is just phenomenal out there, with or without the puck. He just, he's 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 like a brilliant, brilliant player. I it, it blew my mind. I have missed this Nick Suzuki. I just, I can't say enough about how well these Canadians played. I know Antoine Roussel is still crying about it, uh, but the rest really did them good. I also would like to believe that their meetings, their Zoom meetings and conversations with uh, Ducharme while they were uh, in uh, quarantine or isolation or whatever it was they were doing, I would like to believe that that also had a lot to do with the different ways they played, different way they played tonight. I think uh, it is important to note that the Oilers are on the second half of a back-to-back, but uh, the... Canadians gave them absolutely no room to get into the game. Absolutely none. And I just, I'm so happy with every single Montreal Canadian, including Shea Weber. Uh, so across the board tonight, in all situations, the Canadians allowed 16 total shots. This might have been the easiest shutout of Carey Price's entire career. And that's saying something because he has 49 of them to his credit. Uh, and the thing about Montreal is they got up to an early 2-0, 3-0 lead, and they didn't sit back in this game. We talked about it on Tuesday's episode when we were previewing this series, is that they need to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and they did. They controlled 66% of the shots. They had 29 shots at even strength. They had 27 scoring chances to the Oilers' 8 and only allowed one in the third period. Uh It was Ian Boisvert who pointed out on Twitter, a good friend of the show, that they locked it down when they had to in the third period. And the best part is I'm looking over at the time on ice in this game at five on five. And they were led by Alexander Romanov, uh, not Shea Weber, not Joel Edmondson, though Edmondson was second. Petrie was just behind him and Kulak was just behind him. And a little bit more was Mete. Shea Weber was the least used defenseman in this game tonight. Everything that we talked about needing with this break and everything else Worked And yes, the Oilers were on a back-to-back, but at the same time, they've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That 
is a game changer for how you prepare for games. And the Canadians just came out and went, nah, we're not even going to give you the chance to get into this game. We're not going to give you a chance to let McDavid and Dreisaitl score, and then you can kind of sit back and coast a little bit. We're going to make you try to beat us with two guys, and we're just going to put shadows on them. Kotkaniemi was on him. Thomas Tatar was on him. Joel Edmondson was on it. Connor McDavid got no room on the ice tonight, and the Canadians' game plan, all credit to them, worked phenomenally. Like, I'm finding it really hard to fault anything when the lowest possession forward on your team is Philip Deneau, who controlled 58% of the shots when he was on the ice, is your worst possession forward. Something went truly, truly right in this game. And I want to see more of this Canadian team because I'm kind of giddy realizing they're going to add Eric Stahl into this lineup at some point. And I love Jake Evans and I love Kotkaniemi and I love everyone else who's in the lineup right now. But you're adding an Eric Stahl to this team and adding to a team that dominated the Oilers here with ease coming off a week of COVID-related break. So uh, so Antoine Roussel doesn't get mad at us about that. It, I, I'm blown away by how good this team looked. When you score 18 seconds into a game, you know you're going to have a good night. It's truly unbelievable, and I'm going to be really honest. I don't want letters. I don't want tweets. I didn't think it was going to go this well. I was very worried that we were going to see more of the same. And I'm being 100% honest. I know I was wrong. I'm happy to eat my words. I don't want to be yelled at on Twitter in the morning or get emails about this. But I really, truly thought that this was going to be one of those games where we were like, ugh, how can they not be prepared after being off for an entire week? And they came out so prepared that by the time I actually realized that the game had started, I was was busy fixing dinner in the kitchen. I came back and they'd already scored a goal. That's the thing is like I sat down, I was still kind of watching the Rocket game and I was waiting for alerts to kind of record and gift the goals like I normally do for Eyes on the Prize and it happened 18 seconds into the game. Like, what? (laughs) It it was one of those nights and I do want to give a shout out. We will talk a little bit more about Kotkaniemi in the second segment, but he looked outstanding. I think kind of that weight of the COVID test and knowing that Yol Army is doing better definitely brought out something in his game tonight. I am, I'm with Lauren that I did not expect this game to go like this. I thought with a week off, they're going to be a little rusty. Some passes might be missing. Some things aren't going to be fully tuned up. And then they came out and did that. I don't know if they just needed the recuperation time. One, they're going to need it with 24 games and 42 games or 42 days now. That extra little bit of rest might have done them some good. I know that it wasn't rest in the traditional sense, but bumps or aches or whatever else like probably helped this team a little bit. If this is what the Canadians can look like for the rest of the year, and knowing that Eric Stahl is joining the team, there might be some trade deadline pieces. There might be a Cole Caulfield. There might be a Yessi Yolone, and if he's not too injured, there might be a Ryan Paling. There's so many new things that they can add into this team to keep it fresh. Uh, they're going to be exciting, and they're going to be real, real dangerous uh, for a lot of teams coming up. However, like we said off the top of the show, there was something in this game that has kind of left a sour taste in our mouth. We're talking about Connor McDavid's hit on Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and we're going to talk about that coming up next. 
This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We will be hosting Lockdown Canadians rooms once a week, and yes, you can finally be a part of our show. It's a nice, real casual thing. Laura and I are always in there. Sometimes hosts from other shows pop in. The Lockdown Sharks guys are there all the time. Our good friend Ian from Twitter is often popping in. We love hearing and talking with you. So all you got to do, download the Locker Room app available on iOS. Sorry, Android folks, they're working on it, but iOS only right now. Thursday night after the game, Laura and I will be live. We're going to talk about the game, the recap, everything else happening right now. So go download the free Locker Room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever groups that you're looking for. Football, baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever else. You can follow myself at Scott Matla, Laura at Laura Saba, and you will be notified when we go live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best in Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is Mint Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Coconut Brownie Chunk is continuing its Cinderella run, upsetting Caramel Brownie. And Mint Brownie being that old standby for so long is also making its way towards the final of the championship. If you go to BuiltBar.com or Bill or Bar underscore Built on Twitter, you can vote in this tournament. And if you do go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see when today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast with the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Connor McDavid should go to jail. He should, at at the very least, he should be tried in The Hague. Yeah. So for those who missed it and somehow have missed me angering the entire province of Alberta, but mostly just Edmonton, um, it w- it was bad. It was dumb. And Oilers fans who are mad really should probably reassess what they're mad about. Uh, Connor McDavid, after losing the puck and Kotkami dumped it off, was skating through the neutral zone. McDavid goes in a straight line at him two seconds after the puck is gone and launches upwards with an elbow, shoulder, right into Kotkaniemi's jaw. He's given a two for roughing, and that was it. It's a garbage play that has no place in the game. And a lot of people on Twitter were mad at me saying, I can't believe you're calling him a dirty player and this and that. I'm like, I didn't say anything. I said it was a garbage hit, and it is. If Kotkaniemi laid that hit on Connor McDavid, people would have want him dragged out of the Bell Center in chains. It's... It doesn't have a purpose in the NHL, and I know that I don't expect anything from the Department of Player Safety on this because the Department of Player Safety is, well, garbage, quite frankly, just like that hit. I I don't know what to say about this that won't get this show an explicit rating right now. Laura, I'm curious to your thoughts because you were mostly just telling me to stop yelling at Oilers fans on Twitter after this. 
it, it honestly, it was getting a little bit um, excessive because it, it looked like you had like waded into the muck and then the swamp was slowly swallowing you and, you know, you're pretty tall and I could see you disappearing into that, <laughs> into that mess. Uh, I just, here's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, people do it to Connor McDavid all the time. First of all, people shouldn't be doing it to Connor McDavid all the time. Second, that is not an excuse for Connor McDavid to do it to anyone. Third, Kot Kinyemi wasn't doing anything. Like, it's not even a retaliation, which also would not have been a defense of what Connor McDavid did. It was absolutely unnecessary. Want to do an open ice hit? That's great. You don't launch your elbow into somebody's head. Literally no reason for that. There's absolutely no reason for that. And you know, Connor McDavid is a star player. He's not going to get any discipline for this at all. He's probably, in fairness, not going to continue to do it very much, but it doesn't mean that he it was okay for him to do it this time. I honestly, I just, I, I don't get the logic of defending that hit. Everything about it was wrong. He left his feet. His elbow was in the air. It Like the head was the principal point of contact. Not 48% of the head, the head. That's it. <laughs> um, and I can't, I, I just, I truly, I didn't see a reason for it. You know what? Like you can play defense without injuring somebody, without attempting to de- de- decapitate somebody, without injuring someone. I mean, Kotkaniemi came back and he was quote unquote fine. <laughs> I don't know how fine he is. We'll find out if there's any residual effects of this uh, in the coming games, but it's just absolutely inexcusable. And the worst thing is, is you, you know they're not going to do anything about it. You know he's not going to get disciplined for it. You know that he's going to get away with it. But it's not going to stop. It's not going to change anything. Like, the players are just going to keep doing it to each other. And once in a while, some plug who isn't Connor McDavid might maybe get a suspension after doing it 700 times, like Tom Wilson. But it just, there's no room for it. There's no place for it. And... People defending it, I don't understand. And then the worst part is, is that the Habs fans are seeing what the Oilers fans are saying and then getting into the fights themselves. Just there's no reason to do that. There's no argument here. It's wrong. He shouldn't have done it. And there's no debate about that. Yeah. So one of the number one things I saw in just entire straw man arguments is, well, this always happens to him. Okay, that doesn't make it a clean hit. If I hit you with my car and I go unpunished and then you hit someone with a car and you are punished, that doesn't mean I shouldn't be punished for hitting you with my car. I don't understand the the gaps in logic around this. Multiple things can be true that Connor McDavid takes a ton of crap, and I will agree to that. He's gotten abused and beaten up his entire time in the NHL. So have a lot of other star players. That doesn't mean he should elbow people in the skull as well. The, the, you, both things can be true. I know it's a huge stretch in logic. And also for everyone commenting, well, if Tom Wilson did this, it'd be 20 games. Yeah, Tom Wilson's a repeat offender, people. There's a reason why his suspensions are longer. Everything tonight is like all of hockey Twitter just exposed their brain worms onto my mentions. It's a disaster, but it's also like strangely artistic in watching the knots people have twisted themselves into to either justify this or justify their own team's terrible players' behavior for this. It absolutely blows my mind. 
And I don't expect the Department of Player Safety to do anything. If he gets fined, I will be shocked. If he gets fined, I'll donate $75 to the Children's Hospital in Montreal. If he gets suspended, I'll donate 150 I don't expect any of this to happen because the Department of Player Safety is absolutely brutal with this kind of thing. And everyone's been out, oh, he's the league's golden boy and this and that. If the NHL, with the issues with the refereeing they've had and that article about Ray Whitney or Ryan Whitney or whomever the heck it was who said that the onus is on players to not get hit in the numbers, this is a perfect chance to prove you're not idiots and can actually do your job. But I don't know. I, I'm trying to not get worked up about it because in the end of things, Kotkaniemi was fine. The Canadians won. They got the ultimate revenge. They won on the scoreboard. But I, I don't want to see this in the game from any player at any level. And speaking of any level of hockey, the Laval Rocket finished their eight-game road trip. Laura and I are going to talk a little bit about that, what it means, how the team is doing in general. It's been a while since we've touched base on the Rocket, and that's all coming up next. Before we go any further today, I want to talk to you about one of our show sponsors, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, anyone who follows the show and follows me on Twitter and, you know, just in general pays attention to the Canadians knows how good the Laval Rocket have been this year. They just finished up their eight-game road trip through Western Canada with a 3-1 victory over the Manitoba Moose. They went 7-0-1 on their trip through Western Canada and currently sit atop the Canadian division with a 15-4-1-1 record with 32 points. The next closest team is the Stockton Heat, who are 9-8-1 and have 19 points in 18 games played Laura, I think this is the ultimate monkey's paw scenario where I finally wished for the Rocket to be good, and they are, in a year where there's not going to be any playoffs. <laughs> well, I think, you know, a thing to note with the Laval Rocket is they're doing all of this uh, down two coaches, uh, or a coach, and then for 10 days or 20 days or whatever it was, they were down two coaches. Uh, they're doing all of this in a very weird, bizarre scenario, like most of the sports in general are. Um, they're doing all of this with cons- constant injuries or sporadic uh, cyclical injuries. Maybe cyclical injuries uh, is a better word. And they're doing all of this with a lot of their players being called up and dragged around the country as part of the Canadian taxi squad. I'm so impressed with this team. I'm so impressed with this development uh, uh, program, I guess. And it's one of those things where I don't want to say Toronto because it's not worked out that well for them. But, you know, when the Marlies were consistently the class of the AHL, 
Um, you know, they like those young good players graduated into the NHL and Toronto has a team that is, I wouldn't say lightning good, but that is a good team. That's a promising team. Like that's what I see when I look at the Laval Rocket. I see uh, players that they're drafting well, developing well, a coach that knows what he's doing, players who are going to be successful in the NHL. Hopefully there's not too much of a logjam in Montreal that they don't get traded away. And they're doing all of this also with, with without Cole Caulfield yet, and he's he's showing up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be able to see him play as well. I'm just I'm so excited and happy about how well Laval is doing, and for me, it just makes me so much more excited about Montreal's future. It, it is truly amazing what they did because going into tonight's game, they are down Alex Belzil and Lucas Vedemo, who were injured, I believe, uh, coming in after the first game against. Manitoba. They lost Jan Meshack, Jordan Wheel, and Jesse Yolanen in the game on Sunday to a variety of, um, let's just say, poor hits from the Moose. We will leave it at that. And barely had enough forwards for a lineup tonight. Uh, Yannick Veja came back from a four-game suspension to be the 12th forward tonight. And this is when they brought a full contingent of players with them. They spared no expense to bring the entire team with them that they could. And it's a very good thing that they did. The defense remained good. Michael McNiven tonight was absolutely incredible. He had 35 saves. They got goals from Michael Pozzetta. Joseph Blandizi remained very good. Corey Schooneman had a very nice goal. Joel Bouchard is squeezing every drop of talent out of this roster right now. And he's getting the most out of them. And then they're going to add in... Laurent Dauphin is likely going to be back in that lineup. Gustav Olofsson will be back in that lineup at some point. Cole Caulfield will be joining that team in short order. They will get some of these players back from injury in the relative near future. And they've got guys like Ryan Paling, Joseph Blandizi, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, Joel Teasdale cranking on all cylinders. It's not just a one-man show. They have very talented people. Like, we've seen how good Jesse Yolanden is. We've seen how good Caden Primo is in that, and Michael McNiven's been very good. If this is what the future is for the Canadians, some of those, uh, we're not sure what their future is kind of picks, are going to be in a lot better hands than they would be in the past. Someone like Gianni Fairbrother under the previous regime might have been tapped out as an AHL defenseman. And maybe that is his ceiling, but Joel Bouchard's going to get the absolute most from him. Josh Brook looked lost in his rookie season and looks outstanding this year. Kale Fleury looks like a steady option back there. I I cannot say enough how good Joel Bouchard is, and his contract is up at the end of this season. And if I am Mark Bergevin, number one on my list, besides likely naming Dominique Ducharme as head coach of the Canadians, is making sure I have Joel Bouchard under contract immediately. The players want to go to war for this guy, and every single night, it's not hard to see why. He just gets it. I don't know how else to put it. Joel Bouchard just honestly gets it. I don't want to lose him to another team at all. Any team. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it wouldn't even be another like NHL team, apparently. Because uh, Andre Torghini has signed on with Hockey Canada, I believe. And he and Joel Bouchard are very close friends. So the main thought is, and Bouchard has worked for Hockey Canada before, it's a very prestigious job. If you're the Canadians and you're competing with Hockey Canada, 
You've done a damn good job picking your AHL coaches. Uh, they have a little bit of a break now. They will be back. Hopefully Caulfield's, um, quarantine will have ended by the end of beginning of next week, give or take. But as of right now, an eight game road trip against the other top team in the Canadian division when they went out to Stockton or to, when they went to play Stockton in Calgary and they went undefeated against them. They went three zero and one against the Moose. The Rocket are playing incredible hockey, and if you have the ability to, I highly recommend uh, buy a game or two on AHL TV, buy a half-season pass, whatever's left. It's cheap, it's affordable, and if you are in Montreal or in Quebec, I believe they show the home games on RDS. I might be wrong on that, but I think they are on the schedule frequently now. Highly recommend you check out the Rocket, because even when their lineup isn't star-studded like it is tonight... They're such a fun team to watch. I highly recommend you check them out, everybody. And I'm not just saying that because I cover the team. Well, a little bit I'm saying that because <laughs> I cover the team. But that is going to wrap up our episode. Remember, we have a special guest for our episode tomorrow. Joe Yurden will be joining the show Thursday after the next Canadians game. Laura and I will be live in locker room hanging out with all of you talking about the game and everything else. The mailbag episode is also being recorded on Thursday, so get those questions in early. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick, myself at Scott Matla. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your daily shows. Thank you so much for listening. Connor McDavid should be in jail, and we will see you all next time.